so glad you're with us. Are you ready to worship? Yeah. Amen. God, we welcome you into this place. We thank you for your presence. We are here to worship you, to make your name famous, to glorify you. Let's worship together. I was buried beneath my shame.
Dead man walk again. 
about things coming to life inside of us and bursting out of a grave. Um, I want you to think about the words in this next song. We're breaking down walls and we're kicking out doors and we're coming out. And I want you to ask the Lord right now before we start what it is that's holding you back. Where um, those walls are made up of strongholds in our mind. Those are thoughts. And they, it's our job to take them captive and make them obedient to the Lord so that we can come out of a cage, come out of a grave, come out of a broken place and be free and be alive. So just take a moment and ask the Lord what he wants to release you from today and trust the Holy Spirit inside of you. Trust the thought that comes to your mind. Trust the Lord and give it to him.
Uh, if you're asking for God to do it again, when you put your hands together, that's our heart, Lord. That's our heart, God. Can you be seated? Let's pray together. Father, oh, Lord, that is our heart cry. Do it again, Lord. We've read about, we've seen, we've seen video footage of revivals happening all over, and now there's micro-burst revivals breaking out everywhere, and we are a part of that. And so, Lord, it is our heart, not because we know it's your heart. It's our desire because we know it's your desire. It's our will because we know it's your will to revive the living church of God, to raise her up to her rightful place in culture and in this world, Lord, as your bride, spotless and without blemish, without wrinkle. And so, Lord, we thank you for the process that you have us all in, and we welcome what you're doing in us and what you're going to ultimately do through us. We love you and thank you, Lord. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your presence. We honor you and celebrate you in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen and amen. Well, welcome to The Bridge. My name is Jimmy Pruitt. I'm the lead pastor here, and it is an honor to be with you today, an honor to worship with you today. In such a, It's just been what an amazing week. I mean, we've had a couple of weeks of what I call convergence. I'll talk a little bit more about that later, but it's just been, it seems like one thing after another, like God is opening and presenting gifts. And as these gifts comes, we, we open them like it's Christmas or something. And uh, I remember one time I discovered a closet full of gifts in my grandmother's house that she had forgotten about. Of course, we're kids. We're like every nook and cranny of the house. And we found this pile of of Christmas presents in like June. And we had Christmas in summer because of forgotten presents. But here's the thing about the Lord. None of his presents are forgotten unless we don't open them. And so God is working right now. It's like he's piling our arms full of presents. And we just get to go, oh, what's this? Oh, my gosh, what's this? Oh, my gosh. And it really is becoming a what just happened kind of existence. So again, welcome to the bridge. We'll talk more about that. I've got to get ahead of myself and preach four sermons today. So I'm going to spare you until it's time. So thank you for being here again. Jimmy Pruitt, lead pastor, is my wife over out there somewhere. She's just, oh, there she is. She's back there. There she is. There she is. And so we're just thrilled that you're here. And thanks for being here. And if it's your first time out, I want to welcome you to the bridge. And we do that with a hand clap. Can we bless our first time guests? Now, if you're watching and you're with us online, we want to welcome you as well. And listen, we consider you no less a part simply because you're online. So thanks for being here with us. And join in all the worship and all the different parts. We're going to celebrate communion in just a little bit. So go ahead and get your elements ready. And we'd love to have you celebrate with us and participate in the singing and the worship and, and everything that's going on. And so we have a great day planned. I mean, we, we had a great celebration service in the first service. We've got five video baptisms that we're going sh to show. We've had uh, three last week in here, and then we had three on Sunday night. We had one on Thursday afternoon at 2.30. Why not, right? And so we're going to share those videos later in the, in the service, and we're going to celebrate. Clap like you're there. You know what I mean? We're there in heart. We're there in spirit. And then we have others scheduled coming, we have at least three more scheduled. And so if you are looking, yeah, amen. God's on the move, right? Woo! I love what Ross said last week. The water's still warm. So uh, can't say that this week, but maybe next, all right? We'll see. Well, actually we will pretty soon. So we have baptism scheduled for, I'll go ahead and bring this up. 
uh, baptism on October 25th. So if you were watching and said, wow, I wish I would have done that. I should have done that. It's time for me. And you didn't. Well, listen, it's all right. We've got you covered. And we're going to have more. And uh, we have so many amazing things happening right now. God is up to so much that I think we're just going to probably be keeping this pretty much warm every week. So get ready for that. So that'll be October 25th. Uh, Pastor Jason does a class in the family room, an orientation. And he does that on that same day at 10 o'clock. So if you want to be baptized, do let us know. You can sign up at the Connect Center right out there. Or you can go onto our website, click on baptism on our events, fbg.com. Click on events and you'll see it. And you can click on it. You can register to be baptized. It helps us to know how many to prepare for. So I'd love if we had, uh, you know, 50 or 60 people. So we'll do it. We'll do what we got to do. And so also let you know what's going on. Oh, if you're a first-time guest, getting a little out of order here then you get to, uh, we have a gift for you, and we want to say thank you for being our guest today. And all you have to do to receive your gift is go to the Connect Center right after the service and fill out a Connect card. You'll see those there. There'll be somebody there to help you. And we have a gift full of, in this, a bag full of goodies. So there's really cool stuff in here. And so some of you that are home folk who said, I've been here 11 plus years, and I've never gotten a gift. So we want you to know all you need to do to get a gift is two, well, two simple things. First of all, Become a volunteer, get involved. Second is attend our volunteer appreciation dinner that is coming up on November 1st. I've got the information here. We're going to do it at Venue at Raptor E, Brian and Mary's place, which is absolutely stunning and amazing. And we're going to treat you to a wonderful evening. Not only will you get this amazing bag, but you'll get an evening of dinner. And we're going to have Dr. Bertie Jones Hall with us to speak. And she is such a keg of dynamite. She's a revival looking for a place to happen, I'm just telling you. And so she'll be with us that evening as well. We already have well over 100 people registered, so thank you for registering early. So I want to let you know this, it, the deadline for RSVP, because we've got to get the food and get all that ready, is, for, is October 15th. So we're here at the 11th, so don't hesitate. If you're a volunteer at any capacity in our church, then you're qualified to go. And if you're not, but you want to be, Hurry, okay? Sign up, get involved, get doing something. We'll, we'll love to have you out. We're going to have a great celebration that night. So, again, you can do that online or at the Connect Center right outside there. Also, to let you know something, I'd love to go over these. So, I know I'm rolling all over the place, guys. Our VIP card. This stands for very important people. And what we do, we have 14 blanks on here. And on one side, we're going to pray for seven people that need to be reconnected to God. For whatever reason, Life has happened. They're falling away. They're not where they need to be. And you know them. They're in your relationship orbit. And you want them to come back to a place of Christ and place of knowing him. Then put their name on there and spend time praying for them throughout the week. Every week we're going to pull out our VIP cards. And we're going to pray for our very important people. On the other side, we're praying for people to be born again. We're praying for salvation. And so you, there's seven blanks there. So begin filling that out. And you don't have to fill out every blank, but you might know more than seven people who need Jesus. So here's the deal. There's 14 blanks on here. I also just put in, in I put America for reconnect, come back to God. I also am praying for certain political figures that, who will go unnamed. But uh, there's not enough blanks on this card for people who need to be prayed for, amen, in the political realm. So but I put America and then some of the top that I'm really, I'm praying for salvation. I'm praying for people to be born again in the government. Why not now? Why not us? Why not, why not right here? Amen? 
We need to be praying for that. So anyway, you put that on there, then every week we're going to pull these out and pray over them. So why don't you take out your VIP card if you got it. If you need one, after the service, you can pick them up at the Connect Center on your way out. Be sure and grab one because we're going to do this every week. If you have your VIP card or VIP people in mind, let's pray over them right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we lift up the people on our cards. We know it's just a card, but these people are important to you. They have value. Lord, I thank you that in your eyes, every life matters. Every life has value. Even the unborn life has value. The ones you are knitting together in their mother's wombs have value. And Lord, we recognize that today. We recognize your goodness. We recognize your grace and we pray for these. We pray for our country, our nation, the, for the election coming up, Lord. We pray that righteousness will rule and reign. Father, we're not praying for, we're not, we're not voting for an individual. We're voting for platforms and for righteousness and for values. And we just speak life into that. And God, we say that you're the, you're the God who holds the king's heart in your hand and you turn it as you will. And so we lean into and trust you. We do pray, Father, for our friends, our family to come to Christ. And, Lord, if we get to be an instrument of that, we say, use us, Lord. We're here for you. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. amen. Don't forget, also, we have our Identity in Christ cards. I had somebody come to me and say, I need a 1,000 of these. Can I get a 1,000? I said, yes, and we'll make more. So we, we've got that. So we get as many as you need. Keep these around. Get more than one. Keep them around in various places in your home so when throughout the day, you need a little word moment, a little encouragement from the Word of God about who you are in Christ. You can take out your identity card and just go, wait, I need, to be, I need to remind myself and the devil who I am in Christ. And you can do that. And that's a tool for you and a resource to help you out. And then one very important, I'm excited about this. How many of you have had an opportunity to see the series of The Chosen? You see your hands. Would you say it was worth the watch? Would you say it was worth the time? Was it what you expected? <laughs> better than you expected. Same for me. In fact, I've, I, I've lost count of how many times I've watched it. I just, we keep, if there's nothing on, which is most of the time right now, we just go, let's just watch The Chosen. We'll just pick at random. There's eight, there's eight episodes in the series, season one. They're shooting season two right now as we speak, and they're going to do seven or eight seasons. And it is remarkable. And let me tell you, if you haven't watched it, take the time to do so. You can get it on Pure Flix. You can download the app, The Chosen, and watch it on the app. Watch it, throw it up on your TV. It is worth watching. It has helped and enhanced my reading and my study of the Word. It has opened my eyes to the humanity of Jesus and the real humanity of the disciples and the people of that time because we tend to see them on a flannel graph or like a cartoon character or some esoteric thing that we can't touch, and yet they were real people just like you and me. The Chosen. So starting on um, Wednesday at 6.30, right here in the family room for our ladies, uh, Annette is going to be teaching, Gail's going to be assisting as well. And so that's for eight-week study. They're going to watch an episode, and then they're going to unpack it together. And I'm telling you, you're going to see Jesus in a fresh way. And I'm telling you, when you read the Scriptures after watching this, you read the Gospels, they're going to come alive for you. And it'll, be, it'll open up things for you that you've never experienced. So I would encourage you to do that. On Thursday at 10 a.m., this will be on the 22nd. So it won't be this week because the... Thursday morning class is a week behind the Wednesday. So be sure and come to that. It's going to be amazing. No need to pre-register. Just show up 
on Wednesday night at 6.30, and we do have child care on Wednesday night. Is that correct, Annette? It's not correct. We do not have child care on Wednesday night <laughs> yet. We're working on that, right? Yeah, okay, got it. We're working on it. All right. And then I think a uh, Bridge Life Lunch coming up. If you're interested in the church, want to join and become a member, or you just want to see what we're about, hear about our mission, vision, values, and, and our story. We have a crazy story of how we got here. Uh, that's October 18th, and do sign up at the Connect Center, or you can go online. And that about covers the million announcements that I have today. So we're moving right along. Uh, I want to always uh, talk about it in terms of what we get to do as a church family, and that is to celebrate communion every week together. And God is so on the move right now. And I don't know about you, but what it's producing in me right now is massive gratitude. I mean, I, all I can do all day long is say, thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for what you're doing. And when I see the acts of God and the activity of God all in, around my world right now, now... It's easy to focus on the craziness that's going on, but why not focus on what God's doing and not what the world's doing, right? Oh, it'll shift your perspective in a nanosecond. And so I have been so encouraged by seeing what God is up to. I'll share a little bit when we get to the message part of some testimonies of what God's up to. But in the context of that, what it should produce in us is gratitude. And when Jesus is with his disciples in true first century fashions, reclining around a table. We didn't sit in chairs, they reclined around the table. They were on the ground, low tables. And when he was together with them, he had been with them over three years at that point. And they had seen it all. They'd seen him raise people from the dead. They've seen him feed thousands from just a few morsels. They've seen him touch a leper and their skin turn white as snow. They saw it all. They saw Jesus walk on water. And here's one up on that. They saw Peter take a few steps on water. That ended badly. But still, they saw Peter walk on water. They saw what can't be done in the natural. And yet it was. You have to believe the, the disciples' motto was, Come and see what can't be done. And see it done. So after all of that, three years of that, they're around a table, and Jesus knows it's the night before he's about to be betrayed. They didn't exactly know that. So the context of this is fascinating to me, and the humanity of it's fascinating. So in that context, he took, whoever did that, thank you, he took a cup. So if you don't have a cup, would you raise your hand? We'll get one to you. We practice open communion here at the bridge. You are free to partake. Just raise your hand high, and we'll get those to you. They're coming right now down the aisle. For those of you that already have them, if you would, just to help you out, go ahead and peel back that top layer. It's a clear layer. It'll reveal the little wafer there. And then peel back the gold carefully, gently, the gold layer. That'll reveal the, the juice. So on the night before he was betrayed, he was with his disciples, fully knowing what was about to unfold for him, and yet loving them, valuing the moment. And he so valued the moment, he said, from now on, when you come together like this, you're fellowshipping, you're connecting, you're experiencing, the Greek word is koinonia, which is a godly fellowship. 
an intimate fellowship. When you're like this and when you're together, I want you to do something. I want you to remember me. That's why we do communion every week. We want to remember him and pause on the drama of life and just remember. So as we're before him, you have your cup. He took up what would amount to us kind of like a cracker, but it was a bread, an unleavened bread. And he said, this is my body, my body given for you. And in another passage, he even says, no one takes my life. I lay it down willingly. He wasn't murdered. He actually gave up his life for you and me. And he said, this is my body. And then he took, at that time, a common cup, a goblet of wine. He said, this is my blood given for you, poured out for you. It's going to cover sins. It's going to cover, it's going to be for the remission of sin. And he said, when you come together like this, remember me. And then he blessed them and they partook. So Lord Jesus, we bless these elements. We recognize that you gave your life for us. Father, would you release that as a revelation right in this second? That you gave your life for us. You laid your life down for us. As we pause here to partake of communion, we remember, and again, we're grateful. In Jesus' name, amen. You can partake of the elements. Our folks are going to come by. They're going to have trash receptacles, so they'll pick those up for you. So if you'll hang on to those when they get here, just be sure and deposit that. That'll help us out a lot. Now. We're going to pray for our children as they get ready to go to their Bridge Kids classes. And we want to pray over our teachers as well. So if you're a young person, you're going to be going to class this morning. Would you just stand up right where you are? We want to pray over the next generation and believe God for their destiny. Amen? Let's pray. Join me. Be in agreement right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we lift up these children. We thank you for the destinies that are on their life. We thank you for the callings that are on their life. And I ask, Lord, that even in their time here here at the bridge and with our leaders and teachers and in this atmosphere, you would begin to clarify and define callings in their lives. They would have clarity as to their future and the grace that's on their life to be world changers, difference makers, and culture shapers. We speak life over them, blessing over them, and, Father, protection over their destiny that no devil in hell no culture or anything in the world can derail them from your plan for their lives. We pray for our teachers, and we're so grateful for them. Bless them, encourage them, and give them fresh things today, even that they didn't prepare for, but fresh words from you to impart into the next generation. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen, amen and amen. Let's bless our children as they go. We're also going to worship in, in the spirit of generosity and our giving. I want to say thank you to all of you. You are so generous here. We are so blessed. And it is such an honor to walk with you and experience this together. I want to always encourage you that you're not giving to the church. You're literally giving through 
the church as we sponsor and bless others. If you'll notice on the screen, there's three ways to give. We've talked about this on an ongoing basis. You can see those there for yourself. The one thing I would highlight there, do download the, the Church Center app. It's called Church Center. That's really your portal online for all things bridge. We've got our event calendar on there and you can click on information. We have all of our connect groups on there. You can give through there. You can access the website. You can access email. You can access our phone number. You can get everything on that simple app and it tells you on the screen what to do. Simply go to Bridge Church Fredericksburg, Texas. Once you've downloaded it, you'll see how to, it'll lead you through that. And once you click on that, it locks in, and then you've got it there from now on. But utilize that. Many of you are. We've noticed that. We see the activity on there, and thank you. For those of you who already gave online, thank you this week for giving. Thank you for blessing us. Those who are mailing in your offerings, thank you, thank you, thank you. Those who came prepared to give today, thank you. Here's what I ask everyone today do who's participating in giving, and that is to simply bless your offering. What that means is kind of like Mr. Carpenter, who I worked for for a few summers when I was growing up in West Texas, and he drove a John Deere tractor, and I filled up his planter boxes. He would pray over his harvest. He would pray over his seed. He would pray over what he was doing. So we'd always pause when we were going to load seed into the, into the pickup, and he would pause and pray over the seed that was in the barn. And I, always, I wasn't even a Christian. I was like, well, that's kind of weird. You know, I didn't know. I had no clue what was going on. But that has stuck with me. This man would pray over the seed even before the harvest came. And that man did very well. I'll just say that. Mr. Carpenter was a great farmer. There's a lesson in that for us. That we pray over the seed of our offering for a great harvest of lives, transformation, and culture shaping. Amen? So would you pray over your offering even before you put it in the box? You'll notice there's boxes here. There's a box there. There's boxes on the way out. And you can put your offering in those boxes in just a moment as we worship. So I want to invite you to stand to your feet. I'll pray as we get ready to lead. And let's worship together and bless your offering as you give. Father, we honor you. Thank you for those who are so faithful in their giving. It's mind-boggling how blessed we are as a family, as a church. And Lord, that, that our missionaries and those who are, who are serving you are, are receiving. They're recipients of the blessing. So thank you, Lord. It's our privilege. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. amen. During worship, you're released to go give.
lights on right now. We're going to wake everybody up. See, there it is. Now we're going to just watch this video as we prepare our hearts for Pastor Jimmy. Do you believe everybody needs Jesus? Oh, come on. That's it? Do you believe everybody needs Jesus? Listen, we've been talking about revival for months now. I mean, even since with the COVID and all that stuff, we have been talking about the fact that God tends to leverage and enjoys leveraging what the enemy means for harm. He turns it for good, right? We believe that as believers, as believing believers. Not just nominal Christians are like, yeah, I got a perfect Sunday school pen when I was a kid. We're talking about people who are on fire for Jesus, believe that what God is up to is what we're supposed to be up to. And we've been talking about revival, been talking about this. I have made a shift in the way I'm praying. I'm no longer praying for revival. I'm now thanking God that it's here. Amen. We're doing 10 baptisms just this month. 10. And it's a pandemic, right? But we're just getting started. For example, there are micro-burst revivals breaking out everywhere right now, all over the world. And this is not just America. This is not a national thing. It is an international. It's a global thing. God is moving everywhere. In fact, a, a friend of ours, someone we've known from our past, Pastor Bob Fu, who is one of the generals in the underground church in China, who now lives in Midland, Texas, and that's all you need to know about that. But he lives there, and he is on one of the top uh, 100 hit lists of a billionaire out of China who happens to live in America. Now, this is all real. This is happening in real time. Over the last couple of weeks, there have been multiple demonstrations, protests, and violent attacks on Pastor Bob's home in Midland, Texas. And then there's a hit out on him. And these are thugs and criminals that are showing up with American flags, but their Chinese nationals can't even speak English. And they've been paid to do this, and they're getting shipped in, flown in, bussed in, just to come and harass and destroy this family. Listen, 
The reason that's happening is because revival is happening. The enemy never moves in a counter way, a counter move, unless there's a primary move. God is on the move. Make no mistake. And what is happening is that now the enemy is seeking to counter move. But how many of you know we do not walk in fear, we walk in faith? Now I know Pastor Bob does not walk in fear. He walks in faith and so does his family. Even the mayor of Midland has come around and protected them. And the whole city is standing up for them right now. Amen. Go Midland. Go Midland. There's these micro things happening all over right now. This last week, we had the privilege to participate. And how many of you were able to be at the Let Us Worship event in Kerrville? Would you say it was pretty amazing? Amen. So it was wild. It was a wild scene. So we were there, and we were super excited. We've been really excited about what Sean Foyt is doing and his team. They're traveling all over America. They're going to some of the darkest places. Not that Kerrville is one of the darkest, but what I don't know how Kerrville got on the slate. But they've been to Portland, Salem, San Francisco, Los Angeles, Chicago, New York, and Kerrville. So I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I just have to, I'm not sure how that got in the list. But I'm glad it did. Amen. If anything, I think it was there. And I, oh, I'm getting goosebumps talking about this. I believe the reason God brought Sean to Kerrville was for Kerrville to refresh him, for the hill country to pour into him. It was as though he was drinking from a fountain of fresh water. He even said it several times. And, it, and while he's there, we're on the mountain. Okay, let me just start this. There were 6,000 plus believers who showed up on the hill in Kerrville. Have you ever been up there? There's not room for 6,000 people up there. I'm just saying it's big, but it's not that big. And it was so amazing as we're all up there together. It's Sunday evening. It started off hot, but then the evening turned off beautiful. We're all up there, and it was like a festival. I, I can't even explain the amount of sheer joy that I witnessed and experienced. People were laughing dancing, flags were waving, shofars were blowing, worship was going on, and right in front of us, because we were at the fountain, which is where the horse and rider are up there, if you've ever been up there, it's called the Empty Cross Prayer Garden. It's an amazing exhibit, an amazing place. I believe that ground is holy up there. It's been so prayed over. When you go there, if you've ever been to the, to the, to the Vietnam Wall, the, the, Vietnam, the Veterans Wall in Washington, the monument there, there's something when you step into that atmosphere, you sense it. Yeah. You feel it. If you've ever been to Ground Zero in, in Oklahoma, you sense it. There's something. Well, when you step up, and in, in, it's a very steep climb, I'm saying, when you get up to the top of that thing, you sense something up there. There's a holiness. It's like holy ground. So we're up there, 6,000 plus people. It's amazing. We're watching. We're right in front of the fountain, and we had the best seat in the house because we could enjoy the worship that's happening with Sean and his team, but also we got to watch over 100 baptisms in that pond, in that, in that fountain right there. Now, I've been in environments where shofars were blown. Man, it's awesome. It's primal. It does something to you deep down inside that you can't explain. Shofar is an amazing thing. It's battle call, call to repentance. It's incredible. I've been in those environments. I've been in other environments where there were multiple baptisms. In fact, we participated. Our church in California, we baptized over 100 people in one day one time. And my, one of my daughters was, able, was baptized during that. And it, we just had these tubs and anything we could find that would hold water to get that many people baptized. It was amazing. So I've been in those environments. I've been in environments where people charged 
the front to be saved. I've been in movements where I've seen God move in mass ways. But I've never been in a place where all of that was happening at exactly the same time. Never have I seen what I saw last Sunday night. Those of you that were there would say, whoa, that atmosphere was amazing. So there are micro revivals breaking out everywhere. And we saw, witnessed, and enjoyed the presence of God on the mountain. Felt so bad for the sheriff's department guy. He's down there. He's sweating bullet. I mean, he's like hot. And there's like thousands of cars. We parked probably a mile from. I mean, I've walked and hiked and all. It was like a long way off. And I watched it. He was there all evening. And I went up to him after I went and parked a mile away and walked back up. And he was there. He's sweating. He's, and I said, I went over. I shook his hand. I said, sir, thank you for what you're doing. So appreciate you. And he's like, man, I did not know what I was getting into when I signed up for this. <laughs> he thought it was going to be an easy gig, you know, if you, you know, 20, 30 people going up to pray. He had no idea. They even at one point had to shut down I-10. Because so many believers were gathering in one spot. Can I get an amen? Isn't that awesome? Powerful, amazing. You can go to, the, you can go to his Facebook page, Sean Foyt, uh, F-E-U-C-T-C-H-T. Don't try to remember that. So just, just try to, if you type in Sean F, it'll pull it up. But go to it and watch the video of what happened at Kerrville. It was amazing. Even in the middle of it, the middle of all this amazing stuff, we were in the middle of a butterfly migration. And butterflies were just flying all over the mountain. I'm telling you guys, it was, it was an amazing moment. One that I've been marked and I'll never forget. It's a mark that will never be erased. But you know what that does for me? It feeds my passion and my hunger for revival. Amen. So the very next week, just uh, two nights ago, he was in Atlanta. And I had a friend reach out to me and sent a picture from Atlanta saying it was the most amazing thing they've ever experienced. In fact, they were heading on vacation. They turned their RV around and came back because at the last minute they said, no, 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 we want to go worship and support. And they showed up and said it was the best decision for their family. Then they went on their vacation. But they were there, and there was pictures of thousands of people. No masks, no social distancing. Let me tell you something. The church cannot be stopped by a virus. Amen. In the midst of that, let me share something because I think it's really important. I had another friend reach out this week, actually yesterday or two days ago. And they live in a, in a community in Texas. And they go to a mainline church. And, and she wrote really upset. And, and I knew these people 28 years ago uh, when I was a youth minister in that community. And so I go way back with this family. And she was upset because she said that as her husband's a deacon in the church and they sing on the praise team. They're real involved in the church. And as lead, leaders, they were mandated by, well, they were, they, were told by their, they were told by the authorities that they now had to mandate masks in their county when they come to church and that they had to also check everybody's temperature who walked in. So you're walking into church to worship Jesus, the kingdom of God, and you're walking in, and you're, getting, you're met at the door, not with a greeter, but with a, with, a, with a thermal gun stuck to your forehead. And if you have the least bit of temperature, you're told you have to leave. I don't know if that goes off in anybody in a weird way for me. So she wrote me, and she said, so what are y'all doing? Because we're, we think we want to come worship with y'all, because 
we can't eat. We, in fact, they're meeting with the leaders of the church because they're really upset about it. And the leader, the pastor has told them that if they don't comply, that they will not even be allowed to attend church. And he's a deacon. So he's now being basically booted out of his own church because he won't conform to what culture is saying you have to do. Listen, I'm all about being wise. I'm all about being smart. But also, we are the church of Jesus Christ. We're the church that has survived martyrdom. We've been killed. We've been tortured. It's happening even now all over the world. Are we going to be stopped by a virus? And I'm all about honoring and respecting authority and all that. But there comes a moment where we have to, with intelligence, be courageous and be bold and say, wait a minute. And so I appreciate what Sean and others are doing to say, well, you know what? We, this thing is real. It's a virus. It's going to happen. But, I mean, you catch it going to the grocery store or a gym as much as you can being in a worship environment. So why are we stopping this but allowing this? So anyway, I'm going to stop at the rant because I've just, I told them, so she asked, I said, listen, here's why we don't mandate any of this at the bridge. And I said, because this. I said, I trust our people. I believe in our people that they are intelligent and that they are, the last time I checked, Americans. The last I checked. I'm wondering, but I'm, the last I checked, we are still America. We are a free country. And I believe that your gift of choice and your freedom of choice is not anything I'm going to mess with. Because I trust your judgment. If you can't be here, and that's okay. Or if you need to wear a mask in here, no judgment on that either. Because there are people who need to be wearing them. But here's the thing. I trust you. You're intelligent. You have the information. You know what's going on in our culture. So I trust you to make a good decision. And I'm not going to police you for that, nor am I going to have our people police you, because I trust your integrity, your intelligence, and your choice. I will not violate your will to come worship God. Amen? So I told her that. She said, we're planning a trip as soon as possible. They're going to come hang out. I'll introduce them to you when they get here. But that's what's happening around. So... In the context of that, all over me, we've had this convergence week of all kinds of crazy things going on. And Annette and I were talking about what is needed now. What do we need? What is now? And, and all of a sudden, these now scriptures started popping up into my mind. And the one that came to me first, and it really is what we need right now, is that we need faith for now. Some of us are operating on, on mom's faith, dad's faith, granddad's faith. Your youth minister's faith when you were growing You need faith for you right now. As much as I love to recall the stories, and we even sang about recalling the stories, Lord, do it again. I love that because we want to value our heritage and what's gone before us. But let me be, be real frank with you. We need a move of God now, but I need to have faith now for that. I need to have faith now. That a, that a virus isn't going to take me out because I choose to worship. I need faith right now to live for God in a world that seems to be topsy-turvy. Has anyone watched the news lately? I'm trying to watch it as minimally as possible. I want to know, has there been any 8.5 rector scale earthquakes? Okay, good. I'm going back. I'm off. On and off. I have a lot more peace in my life, I'll tell you, since I stopped the madness. I already know who I vote for. I don't need to watch somebody try to convince me otherwise. So as we step into this, I'm going to share something briefly. Hebrews 
chapter 11, verse 1, and we're talking about now. Because there are some of you here that you've not really, you love Jesus, you, you love him, you pray, but you're wondering, how do I get faith for today? Not, not about faith back then, but how do I get faith for now? So I want to encourage you with this. And I'll say this, this is real. Lord, bless that baby. Life. Leader right there. There's a leader right there. Preacher right there. Listen to this. I've never met anyone who said, in all the years I've been a pastor, I've never met anyone who's a follower of Jesus who looked at me and said, Pastor Jimmy, I have enough faith. I've got all the faith I need. I'm telling you, I don't need any more faith. Never in my history has anyone ever said that to me. But a lot of people have said, I need faith. I need help. I need, I need more firepower in my arsenal. I need to know how to believe. So I'm going to give you something real simple today, and I think this will be really helpful. Some of this will be reviewed because some of us need to be minded and then reminded and then re-reminded. Can I get an amen? Because you know what repetition does for us? It sets up the potential for revelation. The more I hear something, the more it gets into me. It's like learning a, some of these new songs on a guitar. I have to, play, at home, bless Annette's heart, to play them over and over and over, ad nauseum, over to get these licks down. Because when I get up here, I don't want to think about it. I just want to do it. Faith is the same way. We have to hear things over and over and get it over and over. And then at one point... You're not even thinking anymore. You're just stepping. You're just doing it. You don't have to think. You actually can enjoy the moment. We need a faith that is so in us, so deep, and so real that we don't even have to think about it anymore. We just step out and do it. Amen? Hebrews 11, verse 1. Now. Let me stop just a minute. Now. Can somebody say now out loud? Now. now. It's a faith that is now. Now. Faith is. So it's about, the scripture is about to define what faith is. I love it when the scripture interprets itself. So the scripture is going to define what faith is. I use the NIV because I happen to like the wording on this. Now faith is being sure, there's one part of it, being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Did you hear that? Being sure and being certain. Now we're going to show some videos here of baptisms of people who have stepped over the line and they've embraced faith in Christ. They are now sure and certain about their relationship with Jesus Christ. So I want you to look up at the screen. We're going to show, you know, see these, it's going to be Catherine, Michaela, Tatum, Mikey, and then on Thursday afternoon at 2.30, Larry. So I want you to look up at the screen.
exactly the Jordan right. River. Well, we're here to celebrate, and we're here to rejoice with the heavenly hosts in the Astrodome who are, who are around us right now celebrating. And I want to pray one more time as we do this, I always want to. Father, in the name of Jesus, we celebrate this picture. We celebrate what you're doing. We celebrate new life, new seasons, and even new eras of life. So, Lord, we hold up Larry. We thank you for what you're doing in him, and he is today saying out loud in front of everyone, in front of the world, that, that I am growing as a new creation in Christ, and I am on the journey. And so, Father, we baptize him in Jesus' name. So what I want to invite you to do is kind of bend your knees as you get down, so you're kind of going more straight down, and then lean back, and I've got okay. it. Okay? All right. All right. You grab your nose. Okay. Okay, lean back. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Oh man, that was fun. Was it cold? Yes. Was it muddy? Yes. Was it brackish? Yes. But we didn't care because it's new life being expressed. Larry, congratulations. All you young people, so happy for you guys. Can we give all of them one more blessing? Super happy. I'm going to invite the worship team to make their way up. Just as we do, I want to share a couple of things with you. Faith is being sure. My question for you is, are you sure? Are you confident? Are you confident that God is up to something good on your behalf? Now, 
It's easy to say, oh, yeah, amen, of course he is. But are you really? Are you sure? In fact, the word sure, listen to this. Faith is being sure of what we hope for. Now, I've defined this. Jerry Fisher's heard me do this a hundred times. Jerry's 101 because repetition is good for you. The word hope in the Bible is so critical and so important. The reason I keep saying this over and over is because until we all get it together, I'll keep saying it. I'm going to keep beating this drum. The word hope in the Bible is not wishful thinking. Anybody remember the wish book when you were growing up? Anybody have one of those monster catalogs on the table and you would take a magic marker and cir circle the stuff you wanted and lay it out strategically for your parents to see? Or am I the only one who did that? So we all did that. Many of us did that growing up. And we called it the wish book. But listen, Bible hope is not wishful thinking. It's not like wishing for something. Bible hope literally means this. This is so critical. Please listen. It means joyful and confident expectation of a desired good. Let me say that again. Joyful and, and confident expectation of a desired good. That is what hope is in the Bible. So when we talk about hope, it's not this light, fluffy, you know, marshmallow cream kind of hope. Man, that sounds good right now. I love marshmallow cream, to be honest. <laughs> I'm kind of getting hungry, but it's not that. It's actually this incredible, powerful force where your expectation, you're so joyful, you're so confident, it's as good as done for you. And that's why those who pray with great faith, I've always noticed this, I learned this early on watching people of great faith pray. Not only did they pray for something, they thanked God that it was done. Amen. Let me say that again. Not only did they pray for something and toward something, as they wrap their prayer up, they would always say, Father, I thank you and praise you Amen. because you've heard my prayer. You know what that is? That is joyful and confident expectation of a desired good. In other words, they believe that their faith was that sure, that certain. And that's what we're talking about. Listen, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we don't see. Listen, I don't have to see the wind to know that it's blowing. Can I get an amen? I grew up in West Texas. Listen, you kind of saw the wind there because it picked up debris on the way. But I'm telling you, I don't have to see the wind to know the effects of the wind. I see the trees bending. I see leaves blowing. Because I know it's happening. Faith is like that. Hope, Bible hope, Bible faith is like that. You don't have to see it to believe it. Thomas, doubting Thomas, right? I think he gets a bum rap. I think we all got a little doubting Thomas in us. But I love the fact that Jesus said, look, I'm glad that you got to see this. I'm glad you got to touch my nail prints. I'm glad you got to put your hand in my side. You actually got to see it. He said, but blessed are those who believe and yet do not see. They believe without seeing. So Bible hope, Bible faith is that. A couple of things. So you're thinking, well, what does that mean for me? Where do I get this kind of faith? How do I make this faith happen? You don't. Jesus himself, listen to this. Hebrews 12, 2, looking unto Jesus... The author and the finisher of our faith, the beginning and the end, the alpha and the omega, he is the one who actually releases that kind of faith. And listen, you get the beginning, you get the end, and bookmark in between is a life that you get to live. And in the context of us living that life, family, look at me, we get to build and grow our faith 
So much so that we become bigger on the inside than we are on the outside. And when that happens, people get in our orbit and they don't know what it is, but they know something's different. What is that? That's faith. That's your faith being large inside of you. That is faith that is increased. Your capacity has been expanded. Now listen to this. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. How does faith come? Okay, I want that kind of faith, so how do I get it? Look at Romans 10, 17 in the New King James. So then, faith comes by what? Hearing. Hearing and hearing by what? Now, we jump on that real quick, and we do tend to eisegete that right out of context. But here's the thing. In the, the New, uh, New International Version actually got it a lot more clear than the New King James, which was an aberration of the original King James English. They said by the Word of God. So we typically think that means the Bible. The, so faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Bible, the Word of God. Now, there's truth to that, but that isn't the context of this. It actually says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the message of Christ. In other words, it's the gospel of Jesus Christ that releases and ignites faith in us. Jesus is what? The author and the finisher. Faith comes by Jesus, right? He's the way, the truth, the life. When we preach Jesus, faith comes. Does that make sense? So be careful that you don't just say it's the Word of God that brings faith. It's actually the message of Christ that brings faith. Now, why is that important? It's important because I don't want to take something out of context and try to make it fit my thinking. I want it to go where it needs to go. Jesus, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end, the author, the finisher. It is no doubt the preaching of Jesus that inspires faith. How do I know that? Because that's my own experience. When I heard the gospel of Jesus Christ preached clearly, faith came. And it was a saving kind of faith whereby I was able to step over the line and go all in with Jesus. I didn't have to know everything. I didn't have to have it all figured out. I couldn't quote one scripture. I didn't even know Jesus wept or John 3.16. Nothing. When I stepped over the line, but I had enough faith to be saved. Why? Because the preaching of the gospel brought faith. He's the author, the finisher. In the meantime, we get to steward it. So, just to help you out a little bit, I want to share this with you. Four R's. This is super simple. But I want to help you because I want to give you a tool for as you're getting into the Word of God, diving into the Scriptures, spending time in it, you need some help with it. So, number one, here it is. Read. Okay? We need to get into God's Word so that God's Word will get into us. Can I get an amen? We need it. We need his word. Why? Because it's his word that reveals Jesus. So we want faith. We need Jesus. But we also need the help and assistance of the Bible. So you read the word. The second R is this. Reflect. What does that mean? Think about. Meditate. Mull over. Spend time with it. Instead of trying to read 12 chapters, why not read one for an entire week? And then through that week, let the Holy Spirit unpack that for you as you go throughout your day. Keep it in front of you. Put it on a sticky note. Keep it where you can see it and let that word that's a nugget become a mountain inside of you. Here's the third one. Repent if necessary. Sometimes when I read the Bible, I'm convinced that I need to shift gears. I'm convinced that I need to do something about it. So what do I do? I repent. What does it mean to repent? I turn to him. That's it. Repenting isn't weeping and gnashing of teeth. It's literally turning my gaze upon him. And as I turn my gaze upon him, everything's in my past. 
Everything's behind me. Everything's behind me as I'm looking upon him. So you read. You reflect. You repent if needed. And then the last one, super simple, you respond. What does he want you to do? As a result of reading this, as a result of meditating on this, what do I need to do? Lord, show me. And then you step out on it. You know what happens when you do this? Your faith explodes. Your faith is increased. Let me tell you something, family. We need faith for now. Can I get an amen? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Father, in the name of Jesus, your son, thank you that you are the author and the finisher of our faith. Father, our declaration even this morning as we enter into worship is simply this. It is well with our soul. Why? Because you have given us faith for now. We lean into it. We embrace it. We welcome it. And we walk it out even this week beginning right now. In Jesus' name, everyone said? Let's all stand together and let's worship together on our way out.
his holy name. Amen, church. You are blessed to be a blessing. Go in peace. God bless you. Pastoral staff will be here at the stage, at the platform, and Pastor Jeffrey is just outside there if you have a need for prayer or counseling.